I dream a dream. Uh, Russ. So. And Peter. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> and uh, today we're doing one of our uh, very lucrative three movie podcasts uh, with Django, Zero Dark Thirty. And starting it off, Lay Miz, can we get a Russ down? <laughs> Wait, should we call you it know the, you can. the movie, movie, movie podcast? Oh. Oh. I don't think we should. Can we get the rest of <laughs> yeah, let's just get the- I sure. think that's confusing to the fans, to iTunes, to, to right. the ghost of Mr. Jobs. You want to appreciate that? Right. Wow. So, Les Mis, directed <laughs> by Tom Hooper. Hoops. Uh, Hoop, there it is. All right. In 19th century France, Jean Valjean, who for decades has been hunted by the ruthless policeman Javert after he breaks parole, agrees to care for factory worker Fantine's daughter, Cosette. The fateful decision changes their lives forever. That was, I, I like how you read that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, was really, that was really beautiful. Yeah. And, it, and it was as good of a French accent as 90% of the cast of Blayman. What What you mean? They didn't all have good French accents, they didn't. <laughs> I'm a little boy. I talk like this, but I'm French. <laughs> what the fuck, guys? Well, we'll get to that, That's always kind of it. That's, I mean, that's every movie. I know. <laughs> no, I know, it's, but it's, it's just it's an old-timey fun. musical. It's English. And if it's like an old-timey epic, it's that, ah, I talk like this. But, you, but also, if it's in the future, they're also English. You forgot, Space British is also right. a thing. Space British Space is a British, thing. Yeah. That is the thing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so um, space. So, so really, to talk about it, you have to talk about what the creators of Lame Is have wanted you to talk about for the last Thank few months. You go. Always want to talk about it. They're singing live on set most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, granted, like some of the the the, the larger set like pieces of like ensemble songs really aren't live. Yeah, but like when Anne Hathaway sings, she's singing live on set. Yeah. Huge Jack and most oh, of the yeah. time. When Russell Crowe sing talks, he's sing talking on set. <laughs> um, I didn't really mind Russell Crowe singing until I actually like went back and listened to the the Broadway cast recording. That, that that's what I was I was saying like um, as an as a hater of Anne Hathaway and a liker of Russell Crowe for the most part. When you listen to the soundtrack, you actually learn to appreciate Anne Hathaway more. Yeah, and when you listen to the soundtrack, you appreciate Russell Crowe less. Well, I thought uh, Russell Crowe like act like he. I felt like acting wise, he made yes. it okay, but like singing wise, he did, did really well. No, that's that's the <laughs> thing. Like that's why I say like listen to the listen to the soundtrack and watch the movie. When I watched the movie, I thought he gave, in my opinion, the best performance in the movie. Uh, I know a lot of people don't agree with that or or may not because Javert's just not is like the kind of outside of killing himself the realest character in in the fucking. The only person who makes sense. Like, he's doing his job. Yeah. Um, and I think Russell Crowe did that really, really well. I believed his his character. Oh, Everybody oh, totally. else just kind of... I mean, I get it. It's a musical. It's kind, it, It's weird how certain things just don't but, translate. Like, 
and his like breath like I don't I don't know what it was about his voice, but like it just like for some reason just like it felt awkward to me the whole time. Well, um, I mean the big thing about it being them singing on set was that they could act and sing at the same time. Yeah. Just by how they really felt in the moment. And you get that from a lot of uh, Hugh Jackman songs. Yeah. He slows down. Mm-hmm. He'll pause a lot and, like, really act with it. It seemed like Russell Crowe is just, like, trying to get through the song. Oh, I know, because normally yeah. you make those acting choices three months ahead of time. <laughs> but, I mean, but, I mean, the, the character arc of Hugh Jackman's character is, is a much greater one. And then, then the one of Javert who just kind of like realizes he's a dick at the very end and then kills himself. Like, there. <laughs> well, yeah, I've never, I've never been a huge fan of, guys, of that. Spoiler but. alert for the last hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> really. Although I will say the crunching sound when he hits the phone. Awesome. Oh my god, that was oh, great. That was, that was pretty brutal. That was amazing. But one so, thing, um, one thing I noticed that doesn't really. I mean, I mind you, I love the play and I really enjoyed yeah. this movie and I yeah, absolutely yeah. love the music. But the uh, Cosette and Marius's relationship makes no sense in a movie. It, yeah. it does not play now. Oh. It's like, wait, you do you you like who now? <laughs> that guy you saw for like a minute? Yeah, that's okay, all it takes. Cosette. All it takes. He kind of looks a little douchey. So like, you're like, yep. him? <laughs> With his hair all like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like. I don't know. It's just like the way this movie is directed is obviously it's it's new, it's different, it's 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 kind of revolutionary for uh, like movie musicals because, I mean, if you think about it, like uh, nowadays, kind of if you're gonna do a movie musical, you got to go one or two ways. You have to make kind of more um, like fantastical, like a Chicago. You got to make like you got to take like a minimal set and you got to make it something you know that you couldn't do on a stage. Or yeah. you just like yeah. Rock of Ages, and you just like kind of shoot it, yeah. Or Hamlet too, and you get Steve Coogan in there, and you couldn't you couldn't do that in a stage. No, um, no but like, or or you kind of play it as like you know, you got like Pete once you know I think said to me the other day like you play it like you have the best seat in the house. Yeah, and this kind of something different, and just kind of puts you like right up in their face, and said like you know like I said like oh no it's like you're on stage instead. Um, yeah, because well, Tom Hooper's really in love with the fact that they're singing, so he 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 kind of jams it down your throat by showing their like yep. pretty much just chest to 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 you know face. That's ninety percent of the shots, especially and, when it's like uh, rough, uh, Hugh Jackman or oh, Anne Hathaway. Man. Well, that's that's the weirdest part is that it it doesn't work for Hugh Jackman because there's so much of it. But Aunt, when Anne Hathaway sings that one song, I mean, like, that works. It's just you're the, fucking in it. And it's, it's, it's just one <laughs> shot, and it's just but a I, fucking I, amazing one and take. That's the thing. I, I wish he just kind of showed a little bit more restraint. I think he was just like, like Alex, you said, uh, like doing something revolutionary. I think like this, w- it would have worked a little bit more if there was a tiny bit more restraint. I mean, again, like it made me like I ended up giggling a lot of times because I just <laughs> felt like Hugh Jackman was yelling at me. <laughs> And he was, like, like, looking into your soul. Yeah, like, it got distracting. Like, the the lack of, like, kind of change in, in, in the shots. And they really only did that with Marius's, um, one of his uh, last, uh, what, the up on the barricade? Uh, like, that one. Um, that was really one I of the I think they do songs. it with Eponine at one point. Oh, with right? Eponine with... Um, oh, Samantha no, Barks was no, amazing. Yeah, but, oh, it she also... crushed everything. She, Samantha Barks was 
probably my but favorite this, singer throughout the entire the, uh, time. One, that was that, one of the only songs that it actually worked on besides Anne Hathaway's, like being that close to them. Yeah. Works for those songs. It didn't mind me. Ocean. But but I thought I with his, like it. with his like it, it was much better when they were like kind of changing the shot and like you actually got to see the set because it's one thing of, like this is supposed to be musical with amazing big elaborate sets and you're not seeing them. I don't know. I think you did see him a lot of the times. Like I think that there were a lot of close-up shots and everything like that. But but I think that the world was very realized, and I think that it was it was a very dirty world that you that isn't yeah. really in a lot of musicals. Speaking and of which, uh, what do you guys true. think of SBC and HBC? Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bottom Carter. I think Hel- Helena Bottom Carter was really good. I didn't really care for Sasha Baron Cohen. Really? Well, the strangest I, I, part I, about the Master of the House song is that yeah. it's really the only song that makes you... It feels like you're watching a musical. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that is supposed to be the one comedic part of the and, whole like, thing. All the choreo... It, it's a very choreographed scene. There's a lot, like, going on. Everything else is kind of like someone singing into a camera. Those two are very much the comic relief of Les Mis. Like, everything else is yeah. very serious. Yeah. And then there's the... But I think... I don't know. Did, I mean, besides that song, which does have a very funny take, I think that those two characters were played far more evil in this movie than they usually are, like, on stage. Hmm. Like, they, they seem way more sinister, uh, as opposed well, to just, like, maybe dumb. It, like, that's just sort of the way HBC goes. Oh, yeah, no, no I, I think you're right. pretty much doing the exact same thing she did in... Or, yeah. I'm like, I don't think any difference between you and this character and Sweeney Todd. She looked like she didn't as like Bellatrix Lestrange, didn't she? Like was, she's, I don't. She hasn't looked any different in fifteen years. Yeah, except <laughs> yeah I, I, I gotta give that one to Russ. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I thought that they were. You needed that because the whole movie yeah. is just saying cry the whole time, and literally, if it is silent in that movie theater, I mean, uh, Pete, you just hear like. <laughs> Just like all the people just like stop. I mean, maybe it's the heartlessness in me, but like, aren't we past that with this? I mean, I think it's a phenomenal play and all that stuff, but I mean, you've I, seen I, it this I, many times, like, and you know what's going to happen. Like, it's, it's not a surprise. But I mean, I mean, I do have to say for someone like Anne Hathaway's performance, I mean, that's, that yeah, is that's, intimate enough that it, it makes you feel things. I like, think, yeah. Yeah. No matter, you, no matter if you've seen it a million times, you've read it. Because that that song is shot so intimately, you oh, still feel. I I would think that people have seen this before. Maybe we've even like performed it. Still feel something huge watching that song. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I mean, I get it. I just don't. I just for me, and I'm a crier. This <laughs> just, uh, I am, you guys. Uh, this just didn't get get that get it out of me. I felt it, but it just didn't get it out of me. Yeah, I, I mean, it didn't get it out of me either, but I did. I did still. I still love, you know. Again, what she did, I thought that you know, you could see her putting it all it all in uh, there, and I yeah. think that like her performance compared to um, a lot of the others. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it it just felt more, I guess, like raw. It did. Um, and that's one thing I do appreciate. I'll give her some credit, even though I'm not like a huge fan. Is there a lot of people who'll go for the, like those end of the year Oscar bait movies, which this is, oh, and yeah. and just kind of do the same old thing? And I feel like she kind of really actually swung for the fences, which you don't see too often. Like you see people play like the same kind of characters, and I, so I kind of give her some respect for that. And and most everyone else in this film, I think Russell Crowe's underrated. 
Yeah, I think I'm there's a lot of Russell Crowe hate, and and, uh, and I'm not on that boat. Nor I. I mean, uh, what, what do you guys think of Hugh Jackman? That is great. He's great. He's good. It just that's he, he's the one that suffered the most from the directing because so much of that the first half of that play is him. Yeah. That I got yeah. tired of his face. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because you're just, you're just so it's just trying to be so much of him, and just got to the point it was like. I I can't look at a giant Hugh Jackman face. <laughs> I mean, I I agree, but I also think that they they kind of changed him up enough throughout it that I was that I didn't bother me as much because he, he he was constantly transforming, and I think yeah. that's a lot of the reason that they wanted to show well, it that close. Like if it was I, ugly Hugh Jackman from the beginning for the whole movie, oh yeah, brother. exactly. Yeah. Oh, you exactly. mean hipster Hugh Jackman? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I'm just you know I'm excited um, for um, uh, the prequel, The Les Miserables. <laughs> wow. Uh, what do you guys think of Amanda Seyfried? She's fine. Her voice is so hot. Her voice is so high that it, like... Her voice is too operatic for this. I think, or at least yeah. compared to everyone else in the movie that it just stands well, out. Like, this cosette's, like, clean and innocent and pure and all that yeah, bullshit. Angelic. Yeah. And, they, yeah. like, make her sound too... Like, there's no soprano in the world that sounds like that. Yeah. And the guy who played Mary, he sounded like a guy from, like... Like a like Trey Parker singing a like musical in South Park. Like, uh, I'll give you that. I yeah. will give you that. Um, uh, so the the priest. What about the priest from that sings? <laughs> Who I believe was the original. Um, yes, he was. Jean oh, and, and young. Well, young Cosette is the the gal like the the kid that plays it in the theater, right? Oh, was it? A, a, a couple of these people actually were uh, in... Perf- Samantha Barks. Uh, yeah, Samantha Barks was Aaron, the guy... Uh, whatever. Aaron Tevitt, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, yeah, I can't remember his name, but he uh, the priest was did calm, play the... Like, see, calm something or other. Yeah, he was the original Jean Valjean in both the There's London so and There's so many Broadway girls right version. now that hate us for not knowing this. I know. But hey, yeah. we, we know this much about it, right? That's but, pretty important. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I gotta say that, like, all the, for the most part, all the music and stuff in this, you know... It was pretty good, yeah. and I, I was into the songs. You want to rate it? Yeah, let's rate it. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Uh, it, it's uh, I talked a lot about with Alex uh, after we saw it, um, <clears throat> and um, I'm going to give it a uh, oof. I'm going to give it uh, three and a half street dentistries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 very well. Actually, no, no, fuck it. Four. I'm going four. Yeah. Thank you. I'm in the it's same very, boat. Yeah. It's tough because it's. I go back and forth with it. It was probably one of the more disappointing yet gratifying films of the year. It, it's it's weird that this movie can be at the same time not very great but really good. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I said during my review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like it because it's weird because like I I it's it almost divides me like I want to like I almost like there's so much of it that makes me want to like it more and there's other stuff that's like well it's not exactly the best thing in the world but I I think it I think it you know even if you might not I mean granted if you hate musicals don't see it like, <laughs> don't do that to yourself no, yeah. but if you are interested in it like it did like just the, the trailer has got us interested in like we were kind of joking yeah. about it at first mm-hmm. there's something about those trailers that kind of just worked. And you know what? Go see it and see it on the big screen. Even though most of it's just Hugh Jackman's face, <laughs> um, it's it's really great. And once again, Anne Hathaway just really knocks it out of the park in that one scene. 
Mm-hmm. And there's it's some really great stuff. At the same time, it it should be a five, but there was there was really some directing issues. Yep. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to give this four Cockney French kids. Um, <laughs> there are so many things that would take me out of this movie. It was weird directing, um, weird characters. Uh, like again. Um, that 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 very cockney fresh kid um but at the same time like i would still find myself loving the music um being affected by the performances um i think that like it it gave us some some you know one of if probably not in hathaway's best you know best of her career yeah um I would say that this is a movie to see in the theater if you have someone to go that is with you, like that is committed to this journey and will go on it with you. Like I would say, um, I'm usually kind of a Scrooge uh, when it comes to musicals. And Christmas, but you know what? I can't. Yeah, and Christmas. Uh, but you know what? I kind of um, just kind of gave myself uh, to this movie and ended up liking it. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I. I don't know how seriously I took it all the time, um, you know, wh- which I think maybe uh, is partially due to you know this kind of new way of doing it. But if I'd be curious to see once this technique is perfected, how it changes the landscape of, of mu- movie musicals because I think it potentially could be really great. Uh, Russ, what do you think? I'm going to give it four. Missing Verses and Castle on a Cloud. Oh, I know. <laughs> I almost lost my mind. Um, no, but I mean, everything everybody else said, I kind of agree with. Um, I think Russell Crowe's a little underrated. I think um, everybody else is really good. I mean, I, I know this play and I know this musical kind of inside and out. And I think it was probably the best screen approximation you're ever going to get. Um, that being said, I think there were some directing issues um, that bump it down from being the five that it could be. But maybe it can't be a five just because the pl- the play, in my opinion, will always be. And I don't know if you can really adapt it and have everything make sense, considering a romance in a play in five seconds. Yeah, sure. No problem. But a romance <laughs> on stage in a, or in a movie in like one minute, this doesn't work. So four, it's awesome. Definitely see it. Uh, the music is still awesome. And where they yeah. take a hit in the ability to sing, they make up for in the ability to act. Definitely. That's definitely true. And Tiggs? Uh, sorry, guys. No Yahtzee this time, because I'm going to give this four and a half. What? <laughs> Children shot dead in the street. Uh, because uh, I, I, <laughs> that kid to get shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, I wonder if they're going to cut away or anything, or if he's just going to get shot right now. And just we went down, and then they kept shooting him. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the heck out of this movie. Uh, the thing was is that I left the theater being like, ah, oh, that was okay. And then over like the next three days, I just kept thinking about it in my mind, being like, okay, yep. this, is the, this is way better than I really originally thought it was. It's gotten me to really think about it. I've been, you know, I went and got like uh, the Lame soundtracks again because I didn't have the original like Broadway one anymore. Uh, it, I like the world that it creates. Uh, I didn't mind the directing too much, although uh, it, it was definitely a bit much at times. Uh, 
It's not a five because, as Russ was saying, you just it can't really live up to uh, the play, which is I think I've seen it like three times or something like that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I love Les Mis. I love all the songs. I, I wish that it didn't abbreviate a lot of the songs. Uh, but yeah, I think this is just a great movie. Uh, so what have you done? Next up. Jesus, what have you done? <laughs> next up, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Let's okay, get the rust out. Give me a second to get there. No problem. You I can... was looking at some other stuff. Russ was looking yeah, at porn. Uh, what's up well... with Docker? No, I wasn't. But okay. <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Ooh. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> a Point chronicle of the decade-long hunt for al-Qaeda terrorist leader Osama bin Laden after bin the Laden. September... 2001 attacks and his death at the hands of the Navy SEAL Team 6 in May 2001. I mean, 11. <laughs> 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 I hope, this is I a hope, time travel movie. I hope that entire Yeah, Russ, leave your crazy conspiracy theories at home. I hope uh, that it was an inside job, man. I hope that entire <laughs> sentence is actually part of the IMDb uh, write-up. If it says, it's like, 2001. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so this movie, if you've seen any of the previews, really kind of makes it out to be the story of SEAL Team 6, which it is not. Not. Oh. They show up for the last 30 minutes. I mean, it's, it, this is Jessica Chastain's. Yes, uh, this is so, her movie, yeah. And, and actually, funny, she's very, she's based off, uh, her character's based off the same, uh, CIA analyst that they based, um, Kate Blanchett's character off in, uh, Homeland. Oh, and also the same character that she plays in the upcoming Mama, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh, you mean uh, Kate? Got uh, Kate Blanchett. Fucking uh, yeah. Kate. Claire Danes. Claire, Claire Danes. Not Kate Blanchett. Kate you Blanchett. Know, skinny tall guys. white women. I, I, Kate Blanchett's character in um, Elizabeth, the Golden Age. Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Claire Danes. What was I talking about? Um, this. Yeah, that was crazy. So back to <laughs> Zero Dark um, Thirty. <laughs> Yes, but that same lady. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I oddly enough have yeah not many issues with the movie. What I I went into it I think expecting to sort of be like knocked flat, and I kind of wasn't. It's still good. The the reviews for the last two weeks have been crazy glowing, um, and that I don't understand. It is currently Metacritic. It is. Uh, the number one movie red, uh, averaging all um, all critics. No, that 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 it, I'm not, and that that I hate shit like that because then I start feeling that inherent need to bring it down a peg. Yeah, and it it, it is a very good movie. It's very it well done. It's just I don't get where like like everyone's in five land for this movie. Oh, this um, is a five to me. No, no, I, I agree with that. I did, I did like it a whole lot, and I think that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and and we were saying before, like it, it's kind of weird. It starts off with like, uh, I don't, are we going to spoil everything? Well, it, it's like, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it's, it's a, it happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it starts off with like a torture, and then it kind of ends uh, with the the raid on Osama bin Laden's complex, and then like all the whole middle is very much this procedural thing. Uh, because it's not, it's, it's the story of, as we were saying before, uh, Jessica Chastain's character. Uh, and it's really just like, it's her going through everything and her experiences through, through the entire thing. And I don't know, I, I enjoyed watching her character change 
Me and, too. And uh, I think that she did like a. I think she did a really good job. See, that's that's. I guess that's sort of my issue is I just didn't buy her transformation over time, well, like to this like hard, more hardened and tougher. Uh, agent. Like when she was yelling at what's his, at her uh, boss, Kyle uh, Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Like I just didn't buy her as that character yet. Yeah, so and, kinda, it, it's well, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Her her arc is something that you would see over the season of a Homeland or a Twenty Four. Yeah, and but it's it happens a, in a movie. Yeah, right. And I actually like that hour and a, like it's funny because the hour and a half in the middle is like her section. And like the beginning is is it Jason Patrick? No, Jason Clark, who I thought was Jason phenomenal. Clark. Yeah, I, I thought he was good. Um, like more than a friend. Wow. Okay. And then the then okay. the last part is like the SEAL team kind of like the, the last twenty five minutes is kind of their section. Yeah. Um, and I thought her part is, I mean, granted, you could have done I, all three of those parts could have been their own movie. Yeah had they been, you know, abridged or expanded upon. Um, so you're saying they should I, hobbit this? They should have hobbited yes, this? this yeah. is three <laughs> movies right now. Yeah. Um, but I think... Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, The Desolation of Osama Bin Laden. Zero Dark, <laughs> well, it'll be Zero Dark Thirty, Zero Dark Thirty One, and then Zero Dark Thirty Two. It's weird because they keep the first... There and back uh, again. It's unexpected. <laughs> this is the first one still. Yeah. Um, no, I think that, like, it's actually interesting to give context to those 10 years in that way. Um, well, not quite to me, but like, uh, <laughs> whatever, however long. Um, and like, no, the way that like, you know, the frustration and the like, um, all that, like, I think that it's, it's neat because I think that they do tend to, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's something that, like, you know, again, like, kind of the politics of these things are always going to come into play. Yeah. And I, that it's more interesting to just kind of present something as just happening rather than go too much one side or another. And I, th- I think that this movie is actually pretty decent at that. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I think it does. I think if it does one thing best, that in my opinion is what it does. It does not editorialize any of what happened. And this is a really hot button issue still for a lot of people uh, over the last 11 years or so. So for it to sort of just present facts and and it makes you uncomfortable like like i was saying like i was like you know like like waterboarding and all that stuff like that was a pretty uncomfortable scene in the beginning and like the shooting of like unarmed wives at the end also pretty uncomfortable and i got it kind of handed to this movie for just putting that stuff out there and you know it's true because now everybody in like the congress is like that totally never happened this movie's bullshit why would yeah. you even say anything if it wasn't? This, they're saying, and at the same time, like the CIA is, just, is like, oh, we need to investigate because we told you too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, they they definitely. Oh, come on, yeah. it happened, and that's. That, yeah. I think that's one thing I really do appreciate about the film. Yeah. yeah. And, for yeah, for me, my biggest thing is that I don't know. I I can't, I think I, as you guys said, came in expecting more because it is. It just it's very. It's more of a presentation than a film yeah yeah which which is interesting but i mean this was this is Catherine bigelow who really hit it out of the park with with a film about war point that, blank you mean i mean and they kind of gave you a hurt locker ending at the end of zero dark 30 
just in, just in case any of those like real people wanted that action, they absolutely needed to have it. It's kind of like the dessert of the film. I mean, it's, it's what everything the is last, being based I mean, off of. Last, I mean, the last like minute of that movie is kind of the end of 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 Hurt Locker as well. Yeah, Jessica Chastain yeah. goes grocery shopping with um, <laughs> yeah, with, with Kate from Lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, but again, it's that same feeling still of like, oh, we need this stuff to, you know, these people need this stuff to define them. So yeah. I don't, I, I was kind of annoyed with that final scene of her. Me too, and mm-hmm. that bothered me. It's, I mean, this is going to be a really weird video game reference, but the kind of Samus her in the way that Samus has been brought down into like more than a. Uh, like a badass fighter, and then they just have to like make her kind of have all these flaws that she doesn't really need because she's this badass fighter. And like yeah. she she got there throughout the through the movie, we saw her journey to become this badass fighter and like be able to deal with all these like uh you know everyone that's uh in front of her, just to be able to deal with politics and to be able to deal with soldiers. And then at the end, she just kind of loses it because she doesn't know what else to do. And I get, and I, un- but the thing, I understand I, it. Yeah. I still understand. Like, like I understand I, I, that. Yeah. I'm not saying that like she loves Osama bin Laden. No, that no. Wants her to be around, like, um, but at the Wait, same. Wait, do you time, think that's what Catherine Bigelow's saying? Oh, well, yeah. They they based it, uh, Claire Danes' uh, character on her, where Claire Danes' character loves Brody. <laughs> Jessica Chastain's character, the real woman, loves Osama. Aww. Please change. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, like the weird, like the difficult thing for me is, I was like saying before, is just that because it's so presentational, I think it loses some of the impact of the fact that this was nine years of this woman's life. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, I think it, like it, it, I was kind of watching it, like, wait, is this really this much time? Why is it kind of jumping so fast? Shouldn't this be because of what I was interested in? Because this movie was written before Osama was actually ca- like killed. Yes, it was. Like, so I kind of understand that movie. That's really this this woman spending nine years of her life in almost something that's at that point kind of futile. I mean, I kind of imagine that's almost like Jarhead. Like it's just like the the just focuses on the frustration. Like I imagine, yeah. I, I wonder if it was just that hour and a half in the middle. Possibly. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think one thing that ultimately detracts just a tiny bit from this film even though I think it's, you know, really well done and, and a good movie, is that we had, like, in my opinion, two other historical uh, films that came out this year that presented things that you knew were going to happen in such a almost story-like way that I didn't expect. Like, Argo is, like, mm-hmm. edge-of-your-seat sort of excitement, in my opinion. Lincoln, yeah. I mean, I, I I didn't expect... I thought, it, I thought it would be more of a presentation, and it wasn't. Yeah. So I think, like, by the time I got to this movie, my expectations have been raised a bit from... Movies that well, raised my expectations. I mean, yeah. you get in, but with the Zero Dark Thirty, you always get into the like the question of like the too soon and all that. Um, I mean, do you think that is just they're being more prudent by doing it as a presentation? I think I think that's probably a huge part of why this is the way it is because I bet people people would rage one way or another on either one of the news networks about how this film was coming off if it took aside one way or the other or in any way so maybe that was a maybe years from now this would have been different but at the time yeah and i mean it's it's still in many ways i guess kind of an an important film i don't know Mm -hmm. how we want to put that in like quotes or whatever but like it's still something that like again this is a historical event that happened within the last you know two years that they're able to 
you know, do a turnaround on and have that mission be, I think, only a few minutes shorter than it was in real life. Yeah. Um, and kind of go through it and, you know, kind of wart, warts and all. Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of brings it brings up like, you know, okay, can, can a movie comment, you know... Well, I think I think the problem critically, is like on something that just happens right away, like kind of the South Park thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess kind of like just cinema like South Park now. Well, no, because it's you only. I think you you only get the kind of too soon questions about it because we also have movies like Act of Valor and movies that are like um, uh, romanticizing this. Yeah. This like whether it be like this war or even there's like other movies about hunting Osama bin Laden. That are coming out. That are like yeah. Well, there's the National Geographic one uh, that just came out. Oh, was was that on the National Geographic? It was, it was on some channel. It was a directed TV movie on the same time. Uh, it was originally supposed to get a theatrical release, and I think it might have for like a hot minute. The SEAL Team Six: The Raid on Osama bin Laden. Oh, right. that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I've seen that on Netflix streaming recently. Yeah, it's on streaming now. Yeah. Uh, so you guys want to rate this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Russ, what do you think? Uh, I, I, this is a tough one for me. I almost wish we had point seven fives. I know. Uh, not to say that we can't, but, um, I'm going to give, what? We can't. No, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, no, no quarter See, I'm, I'm so torn. I, I mean, that's going to, it would really screw up uh, the database entries that we have for all of these that's, films. Yeah, that, the back end. That being said, you know what? I'm going to give it four <laughs> no. then. I'm going to give it four. Um, high high four. I'm gonna give it a low four. A low four. It would have been a high three and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I, I got that from Russ's. All right, I fuck you guys. Um, giving it a low four. <laughs> a low four. Uh, I think the cast, top to bottom, is is brilliant. They, like, there's everybody in the world is in this movie apparently. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah, Mark like, plus. When, when Gandolfini showed up out of nowhere, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, he was Michael from Lost. Him. Like, you name it. Everyone's in this. Yeah, that was cr- I was just like, oh, that's where he went off the island. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but no, it, it's, it's, it's me- Wall Osama! <laughs> I bet there's probably a longer cut of this movie somewhere um, that I'd be interested to see one day if I had absolutely nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> that I think I might have liked a little bit more because by and large I really I thought it was an enjoyable movie even the procedural element I just didn't completely buy into uh, Maya Jessica Jastain sort of trans transformation over the 10 years because I guess I didn't I don't know but that's my thing no but I, 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 I really did enjoy the movie I think like it's important to not sort of editorialize a movie like this and I think it's also important to not make a ballsless version of this movie. Yeah. And this kind of has balls, but doesn't take a stance and it just presents the facts. And that's, I think the best you can do. And I think it's totally worth seeing. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Peter, what do you think? Uh, I'm only going to give it uh, three and a half. We all knew that lady was going to blow ups. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we did. Watching that was just like, okay, just get it over with. Cause we all know this is coming. Are you talking about the scene with the car? Yeah. 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 Um, Let him through security. It'll be fine. Don't, don't, you're going to scare him off. Okay. 
got a little weird with the impersonations. But Sorry, um, we forgot what podcast we were on. <laughs> yeah. So, so my big thing is that it because because like what Russ mentioned just like two seconds ago is that it's such a huge cast with everyone in it. It kind of comes off as like a not so great. Um, uh, oh God, now I can't remember his name. Uh, Terrence Malick flick. Okay. That you know was supposed to be like oh, yeah. long, but he had to cut everyone's part down. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'd love to see the four hour version. Yeah. So for me, it was like, well, um, well, what you kind of, what it feels like you cut it down to, really isn't that great. But it's still interesting. I think the whole slice of life aspect of it isn't done as well as it should have been because I didn't really feel that that much for Jessica Chastain's character, even though you should. This was like so long and so much work on her part and really fighting against a lot of people to get a lot of this done that I can't, I wish I felt more. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give this four ripped Chris Pratt's. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I did enjoy this movie uh, a, a lot. I think it's, it's one of those, it's, it's hard to like say you like really like it uh, because it kind of takes you in a lot of different directions. Um, I think, you know what? I would say this is actually a movie to see in the theater. So it gets your full attention. Um, I think that is something that, you know, it does maybe go a little long. It is something that almost could have been like a TV show or something like that because it does have the feel of the homelands and all that yeah. uh, of the world. But um, I do think it's it, it's almost just an interesting, you know, kind of experiment to see of like how, you know, how kind of historical filmmaking can can go like i mean like again obviously things may be exaggerated or thing you know i don't have all the facts but um you, you don't know, i what or or do i oh what your pamphlet says um you've been feeding us a bill of lies i i have uh but i i think that it's it's really it's well done. I, I think it does maybe fall apart a little in the last scene, um, uh, but you know what? It will kind of make you go through some shit uh, uh, when it happens. When everything you know, uh, you know when 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 all the operations and all that stuff go down. So I think you know it's it's something to. It's it's a conversation piece if nothing else, and uh, but I think it's a really well done one, um, and I actually did like the 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 kind of procedural part. I did think that you know they were able to convey, you know, the frustration of the search and and the you know the bureaucracy of how things go um, with trying to get stuff done uh, and all that, and it was kind of interesting to see you know maybe a slice of what those inner workings were like. Nice. Uh, so I liked it. Tigs. Tigs, right? Um, hmm, what am I going to give this? I am going to give this four ice cream cone stealing monkeys. Oh, uh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Uh, I, I did enjoy Jessica Chastain's character. I, I enjoyed the whole story. I enjoyed everything that was going on. Uh, I, I like how they bookended it with, you know, the more intense, violent, Thing, uh, just scenes as because like you, you start off with something hyper you know sort of hyper violent uh, in you know in practice and then there's like a whole part about just how uh, they're getting rid of all these tactics and how this isn't going to be used anymore and then like you get to the final scene and, and there's you know 
they're not using those same tactics, but it's still pretty hyper-violent, everything that's going on. Uh, and and it, it doesn't sugarcoat anything. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, pick a side, but uh, I think that there, I don't know, there isn't too much of a side to be picked. It's not like it, it was, I don't think it could have went down or yeah. that was like uh, the war was wrong or like which side you would have been on. It had to be this one side and just kind of be showing what it was. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's roads to getting there, I guess, maybe. Right, but but I don't think like uh, like choosing like or not choosing a side something like uh, like the Battle of Algiers where it's just like about a revolution <laughs> and you're kind of seeing both sides of a revolution. Like I don't think it was the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, if, if it's not Battle of Algiers, <laughs> um, it's like it's like Gandhi, but instead of Gandhi, it's a guy that killed a bunch of people. Uh, I, I don't know if that holds up, but I'll, I'll accept it. Uh, and we'll move on to our final film of the day, uh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained, directed by Quentin Tarantino. What? <laughs> Tarantino. <laughs> With the help of his mentor, a slave-turned-bounty hunter sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal Mississippi plantation owner. So I think uh, we, we talked about before the podcast that we're not going to spend a ton of time on this one because, for the most part, I think Tiggs has some maybe some insight that we don't really understand. But... Uh, <laughs> Because we just don't like. There's no reason to gush about it. It's a real fantastic film with like amazing performances. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I, thought, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, um, <laughs> I, mean, like, boom, I thought the performances boom. were well done. I don't know. Uh, see, the thing is, is that well, when we were talking about this film, not not just previously, but actually a while ago, uh, we were talking about the film, and you and Pete, you had brought up. Uh, kind of your views on Inglorious Bastards and, and how you didn't really, you, like, you felt like uh, there was a lot lacking from the whole ensemble uh, and that you know, the parts weren't as, you know, so you didn't, you had only seen it once, but you didn't think it was, you know, super great because th- there were a lot of great parts to it, but there were also a lot of parts that fell apart, which, uh, after, like, when my roommate came back and had already seen this, he wanted to put on Inglorious Bastards immediately. So we watched it and I just remembered how much I fucking love that movie. And then going into Django Unchained, uh, I had super high expectations, uh, pretty much based on just like all the things that I've been hearing from you guys. And then when I got out of it, I was just like, I mean, everything was okay, but I wasn't super enthused with anything that had really been done. Huh. Huh. See, I thought that I don't think anything this knocked was it out of the a park. better. See, I, I mean, it, it's a, I guess it's a much different movie than Inglorious Bastards. I feel like Inglorious Bastards was like a series of like long scenes like kind of yeah. put together like that way um i mean this had this that, was that kind aspect of like, for a bit though i mean there's like yeah, the whole beginning and then there's it, like it, the winter but break. i always felt like it was this is like was his kill bill for westerns more than i mean well that's the thing everything of his is his something for something homage yeah it's an homage to him or an homage to homages or an homage like but i mean so this there, is, there, there are so many layers on top of his films that we could break that you could spend hours talking about. That's true. Um, and, but I but, mean, this does have its its roots in the original Django black exploitation films, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, and definitely a very very heavy dose of spaghetti western throughout the entire thing. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought that everything was really well done, and I liked you know I liked everybody in it, but I just I wasn't blown away by the end of it. Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I, I loved it. Uh, kind of all the way through, like, um, just kind of the the feel of it, like getting like the music, yep. um, you know, kind of like stylized, like songs about him, um, you know, mixed with kind of the um, 
the hyper violence of it and uh and just also the like the bits like the fun like the fact that they could kind of stop the movie for almost like 10 minutes and just have that bit with like the racist kkk oh my god i was dying that goes on for so like i know you see so much of it in the trailer but that goes on for so long in the movie and it just gets so funny and like i like that's like when like the quentin tarantino writing that like again like back then we like i feel like was like kind of held in such high grad maybe before he got so much into like action as heavy as he did with like kill bill uh and things like that um you know, just kind of like focusing on just like just the absurdity of stuff and just going through that. Just got it, that was just hilarious. Oh yeah, I agree. I I, I like that scene uh, a lot. And again, I like the movie. Um, oh no, yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. There's I don't know. I, like even though he wasn't in for very long, uh, I think that Jonah Hill was kind of useless in this movie. Uh, I didn't uh, like the 15 seconds that he was on screen. I thought he was, it was just yeah. I mean. That might be one of the cases of it being distracting to have a big-name person. And also, Quentin Tarantino has to stop casting himself. Oh! Uh, yeah, that's terrible. I agree with you. That was... I don't even know what was going on there. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, th- I mean, yeah, you guys just want to rate it then? <laughs> yep. Yeah, we can get out a little bit more of what some oh. of us want to say, but I don't think there's really anything else we really need to discuss. All right, uh, Alex, what do you think? Um... I'm going to give this uh, five Walt Goggins staring at Jamie Foxx balls. <laughs> um, because that scene happens, and I just like thought to myself while it was happening, like they had to do that all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, I um, I really love this movie, and um, even though it's three hours, uh, uh, to me, I was I was into it uh, for the entirety. Um, I never was um, really that taken out. I. Um, I thought the place that it goes, I think that, you know, it, it has the power to be uncomfortable in a way that I think a movie dealing with this stuff needs to be. Um, I don't think that, like, you can make a movie about slavery and have it be completely fun all the time. Uh, brave of you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Alex. God. I know. I, I'm taking a... Um, uh, a controversial stance and saying that was a bad thing in our history, guys. God. Who, I are, who are you, Spike Lee? What's going on here, Alex? I know. I'm sorry. I I know it's uncouth of us uh, <laughs> uh, politics into this. But no, I, I think that, like, um, it, it, it was, uh, it was, it was directed, it could be, it could be all things, like, Fun, uh, violent, but also, um, uh, you know, I guess kind of like thoughtful in the way it needed to be. Like just hearing uh, Leonardo DiCaprio talk about eugenics and things like that made you go like, oh, God, people were that terrible back then. Uh, and I thought he was great in it. I thought that was one of my, my favorite performances was, uh, was Leo. Um, but Jamie Foxx was great. And I found myself by the end of this, like wishing this was like a man with no name type trilogy. Um, because I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I wanted to spend more time that world. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, oh shit. F- uh, four and a half. Um, so, oh God, I can't remember what I wanted to, f- uh, four and a half, three musketeers burns. 
Yep. Because um, really, it's you know, it's 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 a Tarantino movie, so the dialogue, the directing, the acting, um, and all of it somehow fits, even though from minute to minute it shouldn't fit together. That's yeah. what I think is so impressive about it. And and say what you will about like the way it treats some of the topics, but he does it through comedy. He makes it seem how ridiculous it is. Like that whole KKK scene, you got to realize that when they did get together to say lynch someone, they had to take the time to get together all those pillowcases, cut holes in them. And that's a lot of time. Like it, to take out the absurdity of such a practice. Yeah. Is really interesting. And, and, and and like as I said, like yeah, once again, like all the performances are great, and and the violence doesn't fit with a lot of the scenes, doesn't fit with a lot of the dialogue, but it still you know it makes sense well, altogether because that's what Tarantino's so good at doing. Yeah, it's making it hyper realistic too. Like obviously, people don't in real life fly across rooms so when they get shot that way. That was funny. Yeah, that was. Funny. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's uh, me. Uh, Ross, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I'm probably you know. I, this, I again, I wish we had seven point seven fives, but I'm gonna say Ty goes to the runner. I'm gonna give this five. I'm gonna give it five. James Remar got to play two characters. Damn right. Uh, <laughs> which is any movie with James Remar is great. Any movie <laughs> with two James Remars even greater. Um, I there's nothing I didn't really enjoy about this movie. I think Jamie Fox is getting uh, is being very underrated uh, yeah. out there on the award circuit because he kind of got the the unsung hero sort of role like like Wahlberg in the fighter where everything is wild around him and he sort of holds it together. I thought Christoph Waltz was awesome playing the exact opposite person as he was in Inglorious Bastards, though he still murders the shit out of people. Uh I thought Samuel Jackson was was hilarious, awesome. And I think this movie balances so many different things like Tarantino does so well. There's comedy, there's action, and and it's it's really good for discussion and for breaking apart. Like yeah. if you really pay attention, like there's so much hyper, crazy, over the top violence. But when it's actual slavery violence, that shit is just real. And that's something that I thought was really interesting. Like it it was real and 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 sort of like no, that's what it was. It wasn't like someone flying across the room. So I think he balances almost like an over-the-top sense of, like, violence and gore with a very real sense of, of violence, which is really interesting. But by and large, there's nothing I don't like about the movie. And, and, the, and the end bombs, like, that, that happened. So if you have an issue with yeah. how people talk, like, go watch Remember the Titans. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, I, 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 think, I think we can I all take that perfect. note. I think we'll all go watch. Yeah, let's all go watch. Remember the Titans, where uh, not a single N word was uttered in the integration of two football teams in the deep yeah. south. Wait, I mean, wait. Seven-year-old Hayden Panettiere didn't say the N word. No. Well, then and I is it weird that I knew she was going to be hot back then? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's kind of weird. Yeah, let's, I'm going to say yes. I was younger too. I was like 17. Well, all right. Anyway, <laughs> but I mean. It's great. I loved it. Yeah, and I and I think that you, you know, Quentin Tarantino definitely like. I know he he may be getting to the like quote unquote like end of his career now. If that really happens, it's uh, not. It's I don't not. believe anything he says until it's in production, Agreed. and that's yeah. even retirement. 
Um, but I have to say, like, this is probably one of my, you know, I like this for personally a lot better than Inglorious Bastards, and and probably going back to, you know, Kill Bill, probably falling up to this is my favorite. I mean, skipping Death Proof and and that, like, yeah, probably my favorite thing of his. And um, I I like this, um, you know, the fact that like it was an ensemble movie, but I think he was willing to let go with with characters after a while and not feel the need to keep bringing them back and get too bogged down in it. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought for the most part, just it really, uh, it really worked. Thanks for the second review. Alex. <laughs> I was wondering if Alex had another <laughs> review yet. I was like, wait, what's going on right now? Yeah. Takes. Um, I am going to give this up for super long dynamite wicks. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the movie was very good. Uh, I, the performances were, were, you know, they were good and everything. I don't know. Th- there's something about uh, going back and watching, like, the, you know, hyper-stylized as well Kill Bill and, like, uh, you know, the, like the, uh, the fight in, like, the dark and uh, the fight in, like, uh, in the snow, like, backyard thing. And just, like, all these, you know, crazy camera movements and shots. And those were the things that I really always loved that were Tarantino had been going. And then this... This feels very much like it is, uh, like an uh, like uh, an even greater homage to the older movies uh, that that he grew up like the Grindhouse movies, uh, and it, and it's and it's really good. But yeah, uh, I, I think that's that's about it. I'm sorry. What did you give it? Four. Four, okay. four extremely long dynamite wicks. Okay, sorry. I just, I zoned out for a second there. That's no, that happens when I talk. No, it was just the number. I just couldn't remember. Tiggs, we're not doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, trouble in paradise. Maybe. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, yeah. Trapped uh, in paradise. Tiggs, yeah, Tiggs oh, is going to do some housekeeping in a second. But I, I think just real quick as a, as a small plug for us, we're going to be doing our end of the year podcast soon. Talking about two, two, 20,000. I can't. I, no, you know what? Fuck it. Talking about the 20 does. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna yes. talk about all the movies we liked. That's right. We were gonna be giving we're you talking about twenty thousand movies. We're gonna be giving you our top ten list. Each of us are gonna be giving you a top ten list of our movies from two thousand and twelve. The twenty does uh, here on our next installment of the podcast, I believe, uh, which should be pretty good. So, guys, get your lists ready. Uh, people out there that are listening, you know, start taking bets. There's some big uh, Vegas wagers going on about who's gonna get number one from Russ. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, yeah, should be good. Uh, my guess: all of us think like a man. Number one. We'll we'll see. We had friendship goggles on during that movie. That, <laughs> I want to make those. <laughs> okay. Well, you can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviemoviepc. You can email us your thoughts, complaints. Wow. Complaints, comments, complaints. concerns. I, I started something here. I'm sorry. <laughs> email us your planes. <laughs> Uh, email us your planes uh, at moviemoviepodcast at gmail.com. Also, email us your fake movie Fridays. Uh, and uh, rate us on iTunes. You can search for us as Priest and the Beekeeper, which is our uh, improv troop name. Um, and I'm screwing this one up totally. We have a show the third Friday, third Thursday. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you another improv troupe? I'm really sorry that my verbal vomit like ruined everyone else. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Pete. Um, this is this is definitely your fault. Uh, the third Thursday of every month uh, at Long Island City's uh, the Creek in the Cave uh, at eight o'clock. <laughs> it's kind of, I was almost at the Creek in the Cove. Uh, uh, we host a show called Pig Pile with our good friend and stand-up Zach Broussard. 
Uh, I believe the 17th is this? Yeah. The 7th, January 17th, yeah. 2013. Russ won't be there. No. Nope. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, so maybe I'll be skip a better person than to rebuild homes because I'm a nice person. Yeah, so you know, maybe skip this one. You know, I'm not a, single. If, <laughs> if there's one uh, pig pile to skip, I guess it's this one. Is what I'm trying. No, I'm <laughs> single, so you're not getting lucky, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. We haven't found a good way to really end this thing besides me saying thank you. Uh, no, uh, I think that's a that's the perfect way to end it. Just say, say thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being a friend. Listen, um, you do the singing on this podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that I um, I was trying to think of a Les Mis song to end the song. There is a castle on a cloud. I, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm glad that song got cut down. I fucking hate that song. Do you really? Uh, what? Nope. End this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Good night, everybody. We might not have it's a podcast a- next week. 